You're watching Global Trade This Week with Pete Mento and Doug Draper. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Global Trade This Week. I'm Pete Mento, and as me, uh, as me with always, with me as always, yeah. is, uh, is my very uh, youngishly dressed, Doug. I got to tell you, you're... You're looking pretty. Uh, you're looking pretty snazzy there, buddy. Yeah. You bought the razzle dazzle today with the <laughs> with the hoodie. Uh, yeah. My good friend Doug Draper, looking good, pal. Thanks, man. Yeah, we flipped. Usually, I'm in the um, uh, the collared shirt, and you're rocking a black t-shirt and a baseball cap. So um, mm-hmm. something has changed in your life, which we'll discuss at a, a little bit later on in the show. We um, will. We yeah. will indeed, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, um, but given how we have a pretty, a pretty big, far-reaching topic mm-hmm. for the first topic, we're gonna, uh, as we do from time to time, tag team it. Yeah. Um, so why don't you get us started on this first topic, my friend? All right. Well, um, the big tag team is. It's like 2023 is turning into uh, the year of the union, right? So um, we've talked a little bit about the UPS thing, which we'll expand upon. But the one thing that caught my attention uh, just the last couple of days uh, is Yellow Freight and a little bit of the the chaos. It's been under the radar a little bit, Pete. Um, and the press has been there, but it, it it it's almost like the potential of what's happening is monumental uh, for domestic transportation in the LTL market, but it doesn't seem to be getting that much attention. Um, so anyway, it's um, so yellow um, is having some challenges with their union and it's pretty much at a, at a standoff. Right. So yellow, yellow is the holding company for YRC and roadway and all the other entities that they're, that they're part of five and a half billion dollar revenue, about 20,000 employees. And so the gist is, is that yellow says, listen, we're running out of money. We need to do well. Let me back up. They've talked about doing some some system changes, which consists of consolidating operations and closing terminals and redefining work rules. And they're doing that in in uh, in two phases to help curb costs and, and get the uh, uh, get things back in back in line. Phase one was kind of the West Coast. That's been complete and everything else. And phase two is taking that same mentality to the East Coast now. When I say East Coast, not just the coast itself, but the eastern half of the uh, of the United States, that represents seventy percent of all of the revenues in the workforce. Um, and everybody's like, "Nope." The the union is basically saying, "We're not going to uh, deal with it." Since two thousand and eight, we've given up billions of dollars in wages, um, different concessions with pension and benefits, um, and we're not budging. And then Yellow's saying, hey, uh, we're going to be like out of money by the middle of July unless these changes happen. Um, And so Yellow um, just wrote a letter to Biden and basically has asked uh, the U.S. government to step in and force uh, the union to come back to the negotiating table um, to come up with, with a resolution. So the fact that Yellow, and what I'm talking about at the beginning of my comments, Pete, is that Catastrophic is probably too too strong of a word, but um, if yellow is truly in a position they're going to run out of money and there's going to be dramatic system changes yeah. by the middle of July, um, that's bad news. Now, 
is there capacity in the LTL market to absorb? In my opinion, there is, just for all, a lot of the reasons that we've spoken about. But you take competition out of the mix, and rates are going to go up. Um, and there's probably a little bit of a panic. I'm not directly involved with sourcing LTL uh, transportation uh, uh, right now, but um, there's probably a little bit of a panic going on. And so I, I was thinking to myself, Pete, that if you're in the LTL industry, and part of your compensation plan is based on commissions or performance, and you're an LTL company that's not called yellow, you're probably going to have a pretty good third quarter. Because even if things get worked out uh, between the union negotiations, there are going to be customers that are hedging their bets because of experiences with COVID that they're not going to have all their eggs in one basket. And so uh, there's going to be a lot of freight and business that's going to migrate away from yellow into other companies' coffers, um, and it's going to benefit those guys. But it'll be interesting to see if uh, Yellow's just calling uh, the bluff of running out of cash. I'm not uh, financially savvy enough. I've not read any of their uh, their their uh, financial statements. It's just, just some sales guy in Denver giving his two cents. But it's going to be interesting. We'll see if it's just another play and Biden's going to step in and the government to uh, force negotiations or not. So anyway... Um, I don't know. What's your take on all that? I mean, how bad are things when you got to ask the government to step in? <laughs> you're, yeah. like, you're like, dude, what do we do? I don't know. Let's, let's call the government. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I got a lot to say about this. So this is um, this is sort of a perfect storm of, of labor stuff. We've got Canada right now. You've got the West Coast port strike in Canada. You've um, I don't, Let's not call it a strike because they're not calling it a strike, but there is – there's work disruptions that are happening in Vancouver right now that are associated with a demand by their their port laborers for a change to their contracts. A bit of a different environment for them in that Canada is very pro-labor, very pro-union. And um, I was on some calls last week with clients where they were asking my opinion. They said, so, you know, first of all, do you think that we're going to see some action up there? And I said, absolutely. You know, I mean, this is Canada, baby. Like they're 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 not going to hold back, you know. And then, second of all, did I think we were going to see some some sympathy actions by the West Coast ports in the U.S.? I said probably not, for because President Biden's told both of these guys don't act like knuckleheads. You know, the management in the West Coast as well as the the, the port um, port workers. Mm-hmm. And then you've also, along with the folks at Yellow, Doug, you've got the UPS um, the UPS workers. Who have broken off negotiations with man, with management? So you've got the Teamsters and UPS management that have walked away from the table, and man, they're—I mean—the rhetoric that's going on there—they're just like, you put us in a situation where our people were risking their lives during what was a, a very dangerous time for them. People lost their lives. People were keeping the world's economy moving, and it's time for you to pay up. So we're we're in the middle of. The beginning of July right now, so this is not necessarily the busiest time for e-commerce, but it's going to hurt mm-hmm. come August when you get back to school coming. People get their clothes showing up for the kids to go back to school. Uh, this is a tough time. You think about it. You've got a, a major um, LTL provider. You've got one of the most important West Coast ports, and now you've got arguably you know the most important uh, e-commerce provider. All wrapped up in the once, Doug. You brought a um, a topic 
I think it was probably at the wintertime, right, when FedEx was around knocking on doors saying, you might mm -hmm. want to get some rates put in place because yeah. if FedEx really does come to strike, you're out of luck, kid. We're going to we're gonna make you pay. So why don't you put them in place now? People are like, ah, I don't know. Man, I bet they're wishing they had now because it's starting to look like this is going to come home to roost. Um, this, like you said, it's the year of labor. 2023 is, is turning out to be the year of labor, and they're, they're getting it while the getting's good because I think we're going to forget pretty soon um, with, with the corporate earnings statements and such. We're going to start to forget how much money these companies made with these negative earnings statements, and it's going to be harder to negotiate. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's funny. I'm just waiting for – you got planes – or excuse me, you got you got all the, the the modes of transportation except for the uh, the, the airlines uh, and the yeah. aircraft. So we'll we'll have to see how that transpires. But and and it's it's they're all happening right now, right? And coincidentally, all before things are getting put into place for Q four and back to school, like you said. So it uh, it'll be an interesting July for sure. Yeah. So. I don't think we've ever gone from one topic into halftime as fast as we just did, Pete, but we're busy. It's uh, a short week with the holidays. So believe it or not, we are already at our halftime presented and sponsored by Cap Logistics. Um, please visit caplogistics.com. You and I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in this three by three box uh, talking to you without their support. So uh, please visit caplogistics.com. All right. So, Pete, you tell me. You got big news. You can go first. You, 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 you want to go before, first or, or last? Um, I'll, I'll go last before we do halftime, Doug. Hey, how about happy birthday, America? Ooh, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday, America. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do that real quick, right? Yeah. Happy birthday, America. We're coming up yeah. on 250 years. You're looking good, old girl. Yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. America. You, you hey, go ahead and go first. What's that? You go ahead and go first, pal. All right. Well, in classic American fashion, I wanted to talk about the world's largest gas station that was just opened up this past weekend. Now, Bucky's, spelled B-U-C, comma, E-E. -E. E. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I had not heard of them, and I thought it was B-U-C-K-Y. Um, but I'm starting to understand why people are so excited. So, um, uh Sevier, S-E-V-I-E-R-Ville. Um, help me pronounce that. Sevierville? Ville? Ville? Anyway, it's in Tennessee. It's just outside of Knoxville. And it is the world's largest gas station. 74,000 feet is the footprint. 120 gas pumps. That's in, that's, I, I can't even imagine that. You know, you saw some pictures. Um, 350 employees, uh, never closes. I mean, they're selling and servicing pretty much anything that you can think of. Um, during one of the the, the, um, the videos I looked at, apparently barbecue is a big deal. So they have their own pit master in the store, um, cutting up barbecue and the whole, whole nine yards. And they're opening one in Texas. And obviously everything is bigger in Texas. And that one is going to be 75,000 square feet. So uh, Bucky's was started in Texas. Everybody's heard about them. They're primarily in the South, being out in Colorado. Had never really heard of them before. I'm a QT. I'm a quick trip fan. Um, but Bucky's, oh my God, when I saw that, uh, super impressive. And uh, of course, bigger is better down South. And, and uh, Texas is going to come with the, uh, the world's largest one sooner than later. So anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. 
uh, and had to bring it up. There are 30, I just looked, there are 34 Bucky's in Texas, Doug. Mm, all right. They are glorious. <laughs> they are, uh, and, and it's one of those things, right, where there are so many things about being a Texan that I am proud of. Um, there are a lot of things I'm not proud of as a Texan, but I am very proud of Bucky's. And it, it it's sad that one of the things I have to be proud of is where we go to take a leak when we're on the road and get gas. <laughs> but things about Bucky's that rock. The cleanest bathrooms. Mm. And, and I know that sounds like a strange thing, but Doug, I'm telling you, man, the cleanest gas station bathrooms you will ever see. So there are people who whose job it is at Bucky's to keep them clean. Mm. And these are men and women who, who take it seriously. And because we're Texans and we're not jerks, we treat these people with respect. So, you know, it's just it's just folks that work full time that are in there keeping it spick, spotless, just spotless. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's wonderful. The jerky. And it's just like everything from ostrich jerky to bison jerky to gator jerky. It's on point. It's wonderful. And um, every little doodad and, and crappy little thing you'd ever want, they've got it there. Like just just crap. Um, the coldest fountain drinks and it's one of the few places where you can get dr pepper zero for a fountain drink it's yeah. just it is like the most texan crap bucky's i've i have actually planned my road trips to get from like dallas to houston or dallas to texarkana or whatever or to new orleans i've actually planned my routes in order to maximize the number mm -hmm. of bucky's yeah even though it I might take an extra hour yeah, well, one of the things that they said, one of the statistics is that uh, people will drive up to 17, at least the one that I saw, up to 17 minutes out of the way so they can um, refill and, and uh, rejuvenate yeah. at, at a Bucky's. So, Pete, here's the, here's the most important thing. Clean bathrooms, totally get that. What type of ice do they have at Bucky's? Is it? Oh, they've uh, got the cracker, the cracker ice. Okay, yeah. cool. Good. Yeah. Good. Good, oh, good. It's, it's awesome. Now, if you could have Bucky's and Whataburger in the same place, I would be the happiest guy ever. <laughs> those, those are two of my absolute <laughs> favorite things. And my buddy Hector Estrada, um, who's at Richemont, listens to the show, and he's taught me that there's like a secret Whataburger menu. It can only be ordered in Spanish. But the, <laughs> the, the, some of the best late night drunk as hell times I've ever had some of the best meals ever have been ordered on the secret menu, but man, unbelievable, unbelievable duck. Yeah. Bucky's mm -hmm. is the greatest. So, um, please Coloradans, all of you, uh, moving to Texas, please don't ruin Bucky's. Please don't ruin Bucky's. Yeah. And Californians, please don't ruin Bucky's. I'm begging you, please don't ruin Bucky's. You're mm -hmm. already ruining Whataburger. You're doing it. You try to turn it into in and out Burger, which is trash. Please do not ruin Bucky's. I'm begging you. Mm. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> hey, let me get a quick uh, Casa Bonita update in, and then we'll end with your Absolutely. In important information. So um, first customers are in. I think it was June 30th. Um, the feedback is food is good. Entertainment is good. Um, I saw somebody refer to it as the Willy Wonka golden ticket moment for her. Um, but the thing is, Pete, it's still going to be invitation only. You got to get on their email list. So 
uh, muggle walk-ins like you and I just want to go there. That's still months out. I would think it's post Labor Day before uh, the hype settles down. But it is officially open. Um, it's limited hours, but there are people moving through the line with their tray as if they're moving through the cafeteria. So anyway, it's it's good. It's open. For the last time, Doug, we're people who know people. We are we are minor D League celebrities. Can't someone do something about this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, <clears throat> yes, somebody out there, get us in there. Get us a back room. Uh, Keenan said he could bring in his equipment and we could run a show from uh, from Casa Benita. So we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right, Pete. So this is it. You got some big news for everybody. I do. I do. Uh, so I have started a new job. Um, I am pretty excited to do it. Uh, it's a pretty big deal. It's actually a very big deal. So um, in, in, in the vein of when LeBron James left the Cleveland Cavaliers, I have, uh, I'm excited to say that I'm, I'm taking my talents to DSV. Um, you like that? I do. Perfect time. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, uh, I'm taking my talents to DSV. I am going to be in charge of uh, commercial, uh, commercial. Um, I don't. Want, I'm gonna say operations, but activities regarding international trade and customs. And um, I'm very excited. So, oh. if you're um, going to be interacting with us with regards to customs, consulting, uh, duty minimization, recovery, any international trade activities, I'm your guy. So nice. very nice. much looking forward to that and um, having 75,000 of my brothers and sisters behind me, 80 countries around the world and working with the second largest freight forwarder on planet Earth. And um, this is a pretty big deal for me. And um, it's like coming home. I, uh, the first freight forwarder I ever worked for, Doug, was Panalpina. I was mm -hmm. Pete at Panalpina and now I'm Pete at DSV. So 25 years later, I guess, nice. I'm back where I started. So cool. excited to be here, and um, I'll be seeing all of you out there waving the flag for the Danes. So, yeah. um, school. Well, I, I could just just in the time that we were getting set up here, Pete. You got a little swagger in your step, little uh, twinkle in your eye. You're back in your element doing uh, uh, freight forwarding and the whole bit. So, congratulations. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff, man. So, good, good. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get to the second half here. All right. Well, this relates to uh, to your new employer and uh, Cap Logistics to some degree because they uh, specialize in some of this cargo. But there are new. So we talked about parcel LTL and ocean. So this is the segment where we talk about air freight. So there's some new security rules now that we're in third quarter because this is happening at um, October, November. No, I guess uh, after the first month, uh, first part of fourth quarter. Anyway. New security rules for air cargo screening take effect on uh, November 1st or the lack of rules uh, ends on uh, October 31st. So basically, um, back in June of 21, the TSA mandated that all air cargo that was originating from the United States and destined to non-U.S. locations needed to be screened before loading on the, the aircraft. That's not a new topic. Everybody's been talking about that. But the cargo that couldn't be screened because of size or weight or volume, uh, it was impractical. And so they pretty much got a pass. And now the pass is being revoked 
uh, effective uh, November 1st. And uh, I was looking at the Air Freight Porters Association um, uh, a website and um, they were saying there's really three options out there. So what do you do now? You have three options. You can join one of the TSA's authorized security programs where they would um, essentially go in and, and give you uh, the authority after an inspection to say that you can do your own pre-screening uh, related how you package thing up. So that would be, you know, manufacturers, assemblers, things of that nature. Um, option two is you can ship everything uh, ocean, uh, keep it out of the air and keep it on the water. Or option three is you just don't ship. Um, they're saying that these rules are a hard line. Um, they're not going to change. And so there is an extreme sense of urgency to be prepared, uh, whether you're a forwarder, um, a manufacturer, assembler, uh, your world could be turned upside down uh, in less than um, you know three or four months. So I think we need to take note. But here's my take on this, Pete, is that, um, and I think I've used this term before, is that you know, rules are really important to follow uh, until they're no longer convenient. So if you're the United States government and you're contracting with a third party to move some massive piece of equipment uh, for the well-being and the security of the United States and you're not set up, I bet you'll probably get another pass or uh, a deferment. So we'll have to see. They're saying it's a hard line, but when push comes to shove and something really important needs to be moved, or the U.S. government, or some other entity that has national security, I bet there's going to be some leeway, but who knows? So, so we'll we'll see. The, the concept of pre-screening freight is not new. Pre-screening oversized and out of gauge. Um, the past is over. The gig's up, and and we'll see how things transpire. So, now that you're in the forwarding racket again, Pete, what uh, what what's your thoughts on all this and and DSV's take if you have one? Well, I don't have DSV's take, but let me start by saying this, Doug. If you can't follow the screening regulations, no soup for you. <laughs> All right. This is about most most air cargo goes on passenger aircraft. Right. And if it doesn't, it's going on cargo aircraft, which if something goes wrong, can fall out of the sky over where people live. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And I highly doubt that even government cargo is going to find some sort of dispensation in the eyes of um, whatever military or project cargo. This is this is it's gotten to the point now. It's ridiculous, Doug. We've waited too long. Enough is enough. If we're serious about security, we have to do the secure thing. And it's easy for somebody who works for a big, massive player to talk that way. But you gotta you gotta do the right thing, no matter how big mm -hmm. or small you are. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, we'll see. I think there'll probably be some uh, a lot of news as this comes down the road. It seems like a long way out. Halloween seems like a really far. It's not. Uh, it, it's not. You know, I don't mm -hmm. even know how many days it is, but it's going to hop on us pretty no. quickly. Yeah, that's not enough time to buy equipment, train people, um, inform clients of the requirements. I mean, it's not enough time, Doug. And but the thing is, we should have been preparing for it as a business for quite some time. No soup for you. <laughs> All right. We'll hey, Doug, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a audible on my last topic. Do it. That's that's the be the beauty of the show is that we don't prepare anything. We just kind of wing it. So go for it. Breaking news, Doug. Mm. The port of Nagoya in Japan was um, hit with a ransomware attack today. And port operations and container operations were stopped. 
this marks the first time publicly that a container operations port was publicly that we know of hit with a cyber attack. Mm-hmm. It is uh, 10% of all of the cargo leaving Japan leaves through the port of Tokyo, or of Nagoya. More importantly, almost all of Toyota's freight goes through Nagoya. Hmm. So we've been saying for a long time, something like this was going to happen, happened today. Hmm. We don't know if they paid it. We do know that it's not operating. And um, this will not be the last time it happened. Yeah. But uh, imagine, buddy, one of the most important global ports on planet Earth. It's a top 10 port. Yeah. Got hit and shut down today. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Breaking news. Yes. Global trade this week. Breaking news. I've got three sources. So nice. breaking Crazy. news. Well, the things that come to mind on that piece, one, <clears throat> their reaction um, is going to be super important. It's going to set the tone of how other entities, regardless of country, uh, are going to be absolutely. handling something like this. Because like you said, whether we have known about it or not, um, something maybe not to this degree uh, has happened. So how they, meaning, are they going to pay it? Are they going to pound? Are they going to tell them to pound sand or 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 what? That'll be interesting. And the other piece is the fact that you just said Toyota, right? With so much product coming in and out of there, it'll be interesting to see what that does to the auto industry specifically with Toyota. If they're going to minimize it and just say, "Oh, it's no big deal," or if we're going to see the ripple effects of that. So um, those are two things that yeah, pop the, in. The old Pete phone's going nuts right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's. Um, it's a big deal, pal. Mm. It's a big deal. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll yeah. have to see. Well, anyway, Doug, take us out, pal. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. It's a short week. It's a short episode. Uh, I'm looking at my clock here. 25 minutes is where we are. Usually, you and I, uh, Pete, push like 35 minutes. So, uh, short week, short show. Super excited. Like seriously, you're the, the twinkle in your eye, Pete. Don't read too much into that terminology. But you're you're in your element. I'm glad uh, you're somewhere in the lovely state of New Jersey. So uh, look forward to to um, to your successes. And Thanks, um, this speaking of successes, this show would not be one without Cap Logistics. So we want to thank them for uh, putting this all together. And again, everybody, uh, happy Fourth of July. And uh, I think that's it for this week. So we will leave you with that. Pete, take care, Thanks, my everybody. friend. Thanks, Doug. Bye, everybody. See you.